待たせたね Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from his palatial studio apartment in Chicago is Brandon Shockney. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Bill. How are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. Good. I mean, on my way over here, I may have almost caused a, I believe, a, a foreign Chinese couple to come to harm. Oh, no. Because I was jaywalking. <gasps> and so I think they saw me crossing the street, and I was like, okay, I have a little window here I think I can like scoot across. Oh, no. And I think they took me walking as a cue that it was okay to walk. Because I saw them, like, start crossing. And I looked back and I saw them doubling back across the street as a car passed by. And wow. they were kind of, I believe they were talking in Chinese and kind of laughing about it. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, man, that was that was dangerous. I, I had an undue influence on those people that I did not know. Wow. Well, good thing it all, it all worked out, right? Yes. Yes. Good. Thankfully, everyone, I believe... It's currently, fine. yes. <laughs> it's currently alive. <laughs> good, good, yeah. good, good. <laughs> As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, Brandon, uh, it has been a minute. Uh, yeah, since the Persona 5 episode, I think. Man, missed that game already. Oh, man. Well, you know, maybe we'll have something to look forward to pretty soon. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, what have you been playing? Well, uh, let me preface this by f- saying first that I have failed you. Oh, no. I, oh, why? I traded away <clears throat> Witcher 3. I tried. I tried, Bill. I tried uh, again to okay. play it. I couldn't get into it. I don't know why. Well, you know what? I would like to know... Where, how far you got, what your feelings were, and... The first mission. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. I got... I, like, was killing the... Or investigating the uh, griffin thing. Okay. I assume there's a griffin thing. Right? At the very beginning? I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, that's as far as I got, Bill. All right. Okay. That, I've, you know. I've tried to replay it a few times, and... I don't know. It just it didn't click with me. I know people love it, and this is probably blasphemy for those of you listening, but uh, you know what? It just wasn't for me. I mean, those Witcher fans are a passionate lot. That's true. Just be be mindful. You might get a griffin's head in your bed. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah. 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 My hair dyed white in my sleep. <laughs> yeah. No! Um, so, uh, let's go into what I have been playing All about right. what I've traded away. So, you know I'm a fan of the Telltale series games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, one of the ones I got recently was the Batman Telltale series. I am two episodes into that, and it's very, very fun. I'm I'm enjoying that a lot. I kind of bought it on a whim, and I think it's one of the more engaging Telltale titles. The choices that I'm making feel really interesting and... I like that you spend so much time just as Bruce Wayne walking mm-hmm. around um, and talking with people. So, and it's got like a unique take on the mythos. Like a lot of the characters' origins and stuff are changed around from what you kind of usually know. Um, like Bruce has a pretty interesting relationship with uh, the Penguin, and um, you know this is pre Two Face Harvey Dent. 
So a lot of like interesting stuff in that. So I've been playing that and really enjoying enjoying it because it's good, just like story, nice pick up and play stuff. And then the other one I'm playing right now is the Crash Bandicoot Remastered series. That seems to have been much more popular than I ever would have imagined. Yeah, people I think are really going for it. And what's kind of insane is that game is old school hard. Yeah. Okay, I am playing, I'm still just playing Crash Bandicoot 1. I haven't delved into 2 or 3. The level design is kind of unforgiving. Puts the pressure on, I think. So I, I've been enjoying it and it's been fun to uh, like cruise around and spin on boxes and do time trials and classic things like that. But it's still um, so like I lose so many lives on a level and the game over uh, screen, you know, I sometimes I'll go through entire games without getting a game over screen, you know, but I've gotten it like 20 or 30 times just in Crash Bandicoot 1. Now you haven't, you did not play those originally when they came out on the PS1, did you? No, I, I played a, my friend back in, God, when did that first come out? That was like 96, I think? Right, so I had I had a friend, you know, I was like 8 or so, uh, who had a PlayStation 1, and we would play it at his place, so... Um, I did have some experience with it, uh, mm. but it was very casual. Like, of course, I remember the level everyone remembers, which is the big bolt, like, rolling <laughs> ball, right? Which I didn't realize is, like, the second level. Yeah. And then everything else gets much, much harder following that. Um, but, no, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm excited to delve into 2 and 3. I, I hear they get a little, like, easier in terms of difficulty, um, and kind of expand upon like your move set and things like that. So I'm looking forward to that. I read a statement released by the developer, and it was basically saying, "Yeah, you might find the first one pretty hard. We suggest you try the second and third one first if you're new to the series, and then come back to the first one." Oh, interesting. I like that. <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I should just skip on to the second one and kind of take it from there. And then the final thing I'm playing. Okay. Is Overwatch. Ah, you're still uh, with it, man. I'm still with it because, you know what, they, they drew me back in. Doomfist is now the newest character that they've added. Um, so uh, I'm excited by that. He's like a melee character in a, in a shooter game. Um, so that's, that's fun and different. And he's, he's, a, he's so much fun to play as. So it's, it's drawn me back in. Their Summer Games event uh, is happening next week or this this week like tuesday so um i'm excited about that as well yeah they got they got things that keep bringing me back bill are they bringing back lucio ball they are they're bringing in competitive lucio ball whoa yeah so like rankings uh with lucio ball (laughs) one thing i really do like is that they're introducing new skins for the summer games but then all the old ones from last year are back Okay, but they they're at a reduced price if you want to purchase them. So um, usually event skins are like three thousand credits. Uh huh. But the the new ones I think are being reduced down to one thousand, uh, where it's only the new ones are the are, stay as three thousand credits. That's good. That's good. It's smart. Do you happen to know if I open a loot box mm-hmm. or I guess is it a loot box or loot crate? Loot box. Loot box. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can I get the old ones or can I only get them from buying? 
Um, yes, I think you can get them in random loot boxes during the time of the event okay. in a summer games box because uh, <laughs> they, they turn into like the seasonal boxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you can get the old ones in that. Um, but if you want to, if you, it's the last day of the event and you still don't have the skin you want, you can buy it at a reduced rate. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come for the Overwatch, stay for the similar but legally distinct Olympics theme. That's right, exactly. So weird that we're having an Olympics theme again. I thought they'd do a different, like, summer event. Yeah. And just bring back the Olympic skins, but then, like, allow for other things. But they're bring back, it's summer games, so we'll see. It should be fun. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad. I just, it's so impressive to me that they're still, like, building on that experience, and they've got... I'm sure a lot more planned for the next few years. I can't see them going on to like Overwatch 2 anytime soon. Oh, absolutely. I think they're they're doing what Destiny kind of failed to do, which is make the like 10-year game, right? Yeah. Because people aren't getting sick of it. There's still <laughs> so much to play. Uh, and, and, you know, there's still characters that I haven't really explored as much as I should have, right? That I don't feel as comfortable with. So uh, you're always kind of expanding your... Uh, abilities and uh, all the characters are are fun and with all the new content that's being added for free um it, which is like the operative word there yeah um, you know we're not spending anything extra for this like that's that's shows that blizzard you know is caring about their fans and um wanting them to stay invested in their product so we've got batman the telltale series uh crash bandicoot insane trilogy and we got overwatch that, that's yes. what you've been up to. And I also have... I, I traded in a few games mm-hmm. uh, in addition yeah. to Witcher 3. Okay. Um, and I got uh, uh, some credit on a... Uh, or I got back a PlayStation card. So I, I loaded it up for like 25 bucks, but I haven't spent it on anything yet. All right. So if you have any suggestions that aren't, you know, Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt, <laughs> um, then, you know, I was thinking about maybe getting Pyre, because I had heard good things about that. Well, why don't I tell you a little bit about Pyre, because I've oh, been yes. playing Pyre. Oh, excellent. What a great segue. That was smooth. Yep. Uh, so I've only gotten a little over an hour into Pyre, but uh, <laughs> the idea there is it's kind of a visual novel. It's, it's a little odd. I did not realize how much the emphasis would be on that aspect of the game. You are a mysterious person who's been launch into this fantasy world and your unique power is you are a reader no one else can read everyone else is illiterate you are the only person who can like read these holy scriptures that are around and you follow around this band of misfits as they're trying to get out of the downside and the way you do that is you take part in these various rites and they the rites themselves look an awful lot like rpg or fantasy version of basketball I was going to say, they seem like sports games. It is weird, yeah, yeah. Like, you, there's a ball, and you're trying to get it into the opposing team's pyre. And you can either run it in, you can, like, take, take a character, run them around to where the pyre is, and then you score. Or you can basically do, like, a jump shot. And when you run it in for the next, like, play, that person who ran it in is off the field. But if you get a jump shot, then you don't lose anyone. And then, like, when you're in the in the field, there's, like, different actions and different powers you can use to, like, get the ball or pass the ball around and all that stuff. And, the, honestly, the, 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 the ball game is maybe the weakest part for me so far. Mm-hmm. Like, I maybe I need to, some more time to get into it. Maybe the opposing team needs to get a little better because what I found was she's, like, a giant lady. She's got horns and 
She moves really slowly. So you can just kind of like march her up to like the midpoint of the field and leave her there. And the enemy will just kind of run into her. And when, when you run into someone else's like aura, you get knocked out of the play for like 10 seconds. Oh, wow. So when that happens, like two of their guys will like run into her aura and just get knocked out. And then you can just run around and beat the one guy. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't very satisfying to play as, honestly. So it was... I See, my instinct was that it was going to be more difficult. But you... you think it's pretty easy so far that aspect of it yeah yeah i have heard it gets harder mm. and then also i guess later on you can add stipulations to the game about like certain powers you can use or certain modifiers to the the game that do allow you to earn more experience at the cost of greater difficulty so maybe that part of it will improve over time but just right now yeah it, that part was the when i was like okay let's just get through this to the next so we can get to the next part uh-huh because the actual, like, the characters you meet and the story as it's beginning to unfold is very compelling, I found. Mm-hmm. Like, the artwork of all the characters is gorgeous. Like, they're always, like, they're, you know, still images of hand-drawn people, but the hand-drawn people look very, very good. Now, is it one of those things, kind of like the Telltale games, where, like, decisions you make or conversations you have affect uh, the storylines at all? Like, the character, how the characters respond to you, or... What I believe is there, it's more like dialed into the way the game is played, like the the ball game, because like there's a spot where you 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 set down for camping. You're like, all right, we're gonna camp here for a little while. Let's take a break, and then you can go and hang out with the one dude. And if you hang out with him, he gets an extra skill point. Okay. And then if you hang out with the lady, she gets an extra skill point. There's like another part where you're taking your little wagon. You can go like route a or route b and depending on which route you get you get a different bonus so it seems like it's all tied to the actual game mechanics and not like oh he's gonna remember that right right (laughs) you know cool well that that seems interesting it is yeah i I am curious to where it goes from here there's enough i like the characters and i like the story so i'm definitely gonna keep going with it so i would yeah i would encourage you to check it out okay nice what else are you playing I'm playing Retro Game Challenge 2. Ooh. All right, so there was this game back for the original Nintendo DS called Retro Game Challenge, and they made a sequel that only came out in Japan, and that never came over, but they people were really into it, so they made a translation of it, and I purchased, through entirely legal means, <laughs> a ROM that had been dumped onto a physical cartridge, and so you can play it in your actual DS. Wow. It was, uh, you probably it, don't need to go to that length, but you can. <laughs> is it working well? I actually had a glitch out on me last night. Oh, man. And it, the game crashed, so. Eh. But uh, other than that, it's been fine. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> and it's weird, too, because the DS will read the card. Like, you know how it would show you, like, what game you're playing. It says, hey, you're playing Retro Game Challenge 2 on here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. And, and Amazing that people can do that. It's kind of a thing you see on Etsy now, where if you you can find like a dozen different stores that will try and sell you like these Japan-only games that have been translated, or like mods of games. Like you can go find like eight different Pokemon mods. Right. Like if you want to play Pokemon Jade Green, you can go on there Ooh. and find that, and someone will sell you a Game Boy cart for twenty bucks that has the the ROM loaded onto that. Passionate fans creating passionate products. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And as for the game itself, it's a a collection of mini-games, but they all are like an homage to older games that are very similar to them. Uh 
like uh, in this in Retro Game Challenge 2, you start out with Wizman, which is uh, very, very similar to Pac-Man. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's one where you're like this, I forget what it's called to be honest, but you're a little demon and you run around and you bop on enemies, you hop on them. Although there's the added twist that you can like, you can swipe them with your claw and that'll turn them over and you can jump on top of them and ride them around. Oh, cool. But the actual levels themselves look a lot like Super Mario Bros. 1-1 and Super Mario Bros. 1-2. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they were going for that. I mean, it's so on the nose that like at yeah. the end of 1-1, you like go down into like a dark cave area and like all the platforms are in the same spots and like the yeah. lifting platforms are in the same spots. So. <laughs> well, that's cool. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, and like the maybe the coolest or strangest addition right now is like they've got this old school style text-based adventure where you're like, you know, you search around the screen, you talk to different people, but it's all based on like working in a game company. It's all <laughs> the mysteries of this game company. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, so I mean, you can play that completely legally online uh if you know where to look. Or Ooh, <laughs> mysterious. The dark web. Yes. <laughs> the black market. The deep state is bad, but the results are very good. Uh, so that's what I've been playing. Uh, before we move on, though, I do want to continue the feature of Bill's Magic Minute. For this feature, I'm going to give Brandon my phone on the Stopwatch app. <laughs> and we're going to count off one minute. And I'm going to talk about magic as much as I can without really any additional context. I'm just going to kind of babble until I can't babble no more. Okay, sounds good. Are you ready? I'm ready. And go. Recently, we had Pro Tour Hour of Devastation, which, you know, uh, was a high-level professional event for Magic the Gathering. And a, an acquaintance of mine ended up getting probably cheated. I, I can't really say for sure, but they probably were cheated based on the reports I've read. And it's kind of always been a disappointment to me that there is cheating and uh, inappropriate malfeasance, I guess, mm -hmm. <laughs> in high-level Magic the Gathering that's not always caught. Uh, you know, there's this kind of burden that falls on the accuser to, like, show that there was ill intent. And in this case, it was like this person had dropped their deck and used the ensuing confusion to put an extra card in their hand. But because there was no, like, no one had tracked, like, previous infractions, it was just like, oh, this was an honest mistake. And they kind of let it go. And it's really frustrating to hear about that stuff where, like, you work... And so we're at a minute! Oh, wow, okay. Minute and point nine five seconds. Jeez. I know. Yeah, but that, that does happen in professional magic, unfortunately. Damn, I'm sorry. That stinks. It does. For people it does. that want to just enjoy and, like, play the game. That sucks. Yeah, I, I wish it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's Bill's Magic Minute. Let's move on to the Choose Your Fighter segment. So for this segment, Brandon and I will go back and forth until only one of us is left standing with one news event, article, or upcoming game until only one of us is left standing. <laughs> Brandon, I know you've been training. I have been. And I am a little bit worried. Look at my health bar. It has two bars. <laughs> that is scary. Like, I got a green and a yellow bar. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, I'm stuck on yellow. Oh, man. You can even see a little bit of red. Oh, no. Well, maybe 
if I go first, I can like find a turkey or something. That's right. In the middle while I talk about <laughs> no, no, not the face. Uh, so there's gonna be more Persona games. Woohoo! Persona Six? No. What? No. Persona Seven? Uh, <laughs> that would be odd, but uh, no, no. Oh. no and yeah. What? Persona Five. Remix. Uh, no, no, oh. we're not doing that either. Then what? Pray tell. Catherine two? <laughs> no. Oh no. Yeah. What we're getting is we're getting Persona three <gasps> dancing all night. Oh. And Persona five <gasps> dancing all night. Oh. And <gasps> Persona <gasps> Q what two? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So they had trailers out recently for two new versions of the Persona Dancing All Night series showing off the Persona 3 and Persona 5 cast. I wonder, uh, is that like a Pokemon Sun and Moon? <laughs> Persona 3, Persona 5? Because isn't it, isn't it like the dancing, like dancing under the moon or uh, dancing under the stars? Like they, they yeah. are similar. Do you think it's like the same story or just one game with both? It's two separate games. I would... Two separate stories? I'm thinking two separate stories because Atlas seems very committed to having, like, a canonical retelling of the events of these games, no matter how ludicrous they are. Like, Persona the Persona 4 Arena games, like, have this incredibly complex story that crosses over the 3 and 4 cast, and, like... Yeah. Same with Dancing All Night. Like, they, they're like, no, we are doing a real story about what if the mystery team from 4 became dancers. <laughs> and this is like kind of ridiculous like how hard they're working to make that happen and I, I'm actually kind of wondering because now I did not realize this about Persona 3 but I guess uh, the Persona 3 main character is not in much of a condition to dance at the end of Persona 3 is what oh, I've yeah. been told yes um, yeah I don't think things turn out the best for him well if you if you just play the original Persona 3 Based on that ending, without any specifics, um, then yeah, no way. If you play Persona 3 Fess, I don't know if the like epilogue game that where you play is, I guess, I don't know if that's any, how that ends at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, seems strange. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll try and find out why he's up and, you know, dancing his ass off. You're right. Pretty soon, because these games are coming out pretty soon. They're, they're going to release in Japan in spring 2018, and then presumably they would come out in America later that year, like probably like fall or the holidays. Mm -hmm. And they're coming out for PS4 and Vita. Whoa! Yeah. I don't have a Vita. <laughs> the dozens and dozens of Vita owners out there let out a cheer. Dozens. Just dozens. There are dozens of us, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't, I've never played any of these games. Um, I, I, I played Arena, Persona 4 Arena, but I've mm -hmm. never played the dancing games. They just don't seem like of much interest to me, and I, and I haven't played Persona Q either, which is just like a chibi version. Is that true? Or yeah, no? yeah. I mean, it's like a really old school style dungeon crawler with the persona cast all in like yeah really chibi anime style mm -hmm. that sounds more up my alley if it's just like dungeon crawling stuff 
It's pretty good. Mm. Uh, I've, I've played about halfway through it twice now. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm kind of losing my interest because I think like there's too many puzzles and traps now and it's getting kind of tedious. But your mileage may vary. And I'm kind of curious to see what they do with Q2. If it's like just the five cast or they bring in like five and four or is it mm. five and four and three or mm. like how they're going to manage that. I really just want, uh, and so, sorry if this gets a little too off topic, I really want like, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, I want like a, I want a Persona game that's like a main Persona game that crosses over all the casts, like Avengers style, right? Yeah. Um, to where, yeah, we can have like the protagonists or like, you know, split them up in the story to where, I don't know, you have like mishmash of teams. So you have, like, Futaba with Akihiko and um, Teddy. And, you know, like, I want to see, like, all, like, weird mishmashes of groups. I would be into that. I yeah. think that would be really cool. I, uh, I, yeah, I just, I, I wish that they would do more with that. But it's probably, like, a tension for them where they, they just can't, if they were just making, like, the mainline Persona games that wouldn't be enough to sustain the studio. They're just, they don't come out frequently enough. They take too much time. Yeah. And they can kind of crank these spinoff games out in a uh, shorter time frame with mm. less work. And those let them get, they tie the studio over until they can make their big release. Do you, do you think we'll get Catherine too? No. I'm Never. sorry. <laughs> Never? I don't think that's ever going to happen. No. I think it'd be cool if they did another non, like, Shin Megami Tensei type game. Yeah. yeah. Something completely out of that universe or completely original. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like that too. Man. Because I, I enjoyed Catherine so much. I want it on HD. You hear me, Atlas? HD re-release. PS4. I, I've been hoping for that too uh, with Persona 3. I was kind of holding oh, off yeah. on playing that until like... I think... I was hoping they would come out with like a definitive version that combines... The original game, Fez, and the portable. Uh-huh. Because there's like little bits that are different in Fez and portable that add to the game differently. Yeah. Because <laughs> like portable has the female protagonist. It has like some cameos by characters like the guy from Catherine makes, shows up in oh, right. portable. Mm-hmm. And Yukiko shows up in portable as well. Oh, interesting. I actually, I'd only just read that as they go to the Amagi Inn and they get, you meet Yukiko when she's like a few years younger because they're, they're a little bit older. Yeah. Huh. But, so yeah, I mean, I I hope that they will do something with Persona 3. I would, if they, if those got re-releases on PS4, I would buy them and play through them again immediately. I would definitely play through 3. I'm... I've already. I'm not sure I could commit to playing through four again. But yeah, I would definitely play three. <laughs> and yeah, I just uh, I'm looking forward to what those guys have going on next. Even if those dancing on night games aren't my cup of tea, I can hold out till Persona Q2 or whatever comes next. Mm-hmm. So that's me, uh, Brandon. Nice. Uh, what have you got going on? Uh, well, what well, my main topic for you is, you know, and what sparked this was I saw Square Enix had just announced that they're doing a Dragon Quest Heroes two, and it made me think about a lot of these bigger companies like Square Enix, and uh, you know, even even like the Atlas and all these people that are uh, kind of. I, I feel like more and more relying or narrowing their focus and relying on a few key titles 
instead of instead of doing more like Catherines and whatnot or Pyres, which feel like the only kind of games we get like that are are indie games, right? And we have I w- I would say Sony probably does this the best in having like really good exclusives and introducing new exclusives. Like we got Horizon Zero Dawn this year, but I wanted your thoughts on if you think the gaming industry is starting to narrow its focus to where like new ideas are less of a priority and it's more like fostering and expanding upon ideas they've already created kind of like what the film industry is doing right where sequels are such a big thing and like shared universes i feel like we're doing that with our video games now where it's like you know, let's create a Persona shared universe where we have the dancing games and like all this <laughs> under one kind of umbrella. So, do do you think the gaming industry is headed more that way? Because I remember the you know the PS One days back when we were having like Crash Bandicoot and whatnot. It was like there were so many PlayStation titles. It was kind of insane how many you could buy, right? Oh yeah, I mean there, there are thousands of PS One releases, thousands of PS Two releases, right? So do, do you prefer that as opposed to kind of what we have now? Or do you prefer what we have now as opposed to, you know, what the gaming industry kind of was? I, I mean, I, I would say I prefer the older way mm-hmm. of things. And I would agree with your premise that we're seeing more, uh, like, iterations on existing franchises, more sequels, more spinoffs, more to use the same material, the same engines, the same assets to build new games rather than building something entirely new from scratch. Even like, even Nintendo Switch, you know, which uh, I was excited for, like, they, their big things are still their main properties, right? Like, we still have uh, Mario Odyssey being a main thing or uh, Breath of the Wild, right? Splatoon 2, like, um, Instead of, I know we have like ARMS came out, but like, why aren't these, you know, new systems that have like people already excited, why not release more original games up top and try to also create some new series at the same time, you know, as a new release? It just feels, I don't know, it, it, it feels like uh, I, I miss, you know, where surprises. You know, I, I of course, you know, I was excited when The Last of Us Part Two got announced, right? And I'm still like amped up. That's my most anticipated game of 2018? Question <laughs> mark. Um, but you know, I, I would love to be surprised by some new series where I'm like, what is that? I don't know what that is, but it looks like it has a lot of money poured into it and a lot of time and effort, and I, I want to make it a priority. I mean, I think you're seeing that because games cost more money to make now than they ever did before. I mean, the amount of detail that has to go into the graphics and the scope that is involved with these game worlds requires that the game itself then be a reasonably safe venture. Like, you see lots of behind-the-back shooters, lots of first-person shooters, lots of, like, you know... uh, online play with leveling up and perks that you get and you can prestige and stuff like that because those are known to be effective and you know a lot of times when people go out and try new stuff it doesn't work out i mean i think a good example of that is mirror's edge which does i think a lot of stuff that isn't normally seen in big budget games where it's like first person but while there is an combat in the game the emphasis is more on like exploration and running around and stuff 
and they made that. It didn't do so well. They actually went back and made another one, and I don't think that one did very well either, and they're yeah. probably never going back to that again. Like No Man's Sky, of course, being a prime example of something that was ambitious and different that turned out to be a big disappointment, mm -hmm. right? And so, but then you have, on the other end of the spectrum, you have things like Overwatch that was like a huge gamble and like a, in, in my mind, you know, something that was completely like different um, that, that they just put a bunch of like money and like marketing and whatnot behind and it got people just because of Blizzard, right? I'm not sure I would agree with that. I, really? I feel like, I mean, if you look at the history behind Overwatch, it was based on Titan, which is oh, this sure. MMO that they decided to scrap because they didn't think it was viable. And Overwatch is a a team-based first-person shooter. I don't mm -hmm. know that they really went out of their way to... There are some new, nice elements to it, but they're like polished versions of things you see in other games, I sure. think. So they're not reinventing the wheel. No, I mean, they're kind of aping Team Fortress 2, uh -huh. is what I would contend. And they made a really good game, mm -hmm. but it did, I don't think it necessarily pushed any boundaries. Like, is there a cool group of characters? Yes. Is there a, a cool universe that they made? Yes. Are there not cool... Uh, I, th I would say, like, the biggest element that they brought in is, like, the navigation, mm -hmm. where there's lots of, like, jumping around and aerial combat and stuff like that. But that's not truly unique to Overwatch, either. It's yeah. been seen in other games. Well, and even, even games I get excited about because of their, like, interesting or unique design or unique story, like The Last of Us, right? You see, we're seeing even those kind of get, like, elements of that getting aped, right? Because I, I, I remember at the E3 conference, the days gone by, <laughs> like, showcase is so Last of Us, you know? That whole, it gives off that whole vibe of Last of Us, and it's like... Um, so it, it feels like we're just heading more towards that. It's like people, game developers are like, we know what the people like. Let's just give them what they like. Um, and, and that's it. We'll put a different coat of paint on it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm, and I, I'm kind of still a sucker for it in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I have pre-ordered destiny too. I will be playing it next month, you know, but I hope, I hope that, you know, it's, it's taking, chances and trying to do things a little bit differently instead of just um you know being the same thing right um so i i think a lot of game developers kind of take advantage of you know their their gamers like hopes to be like oh this one will will live up because you know destiny one was a lot of fun that the the gunplay in that is like so good right but it faltered in so many ways. That was supposed to be the 10 year game. And I yep. think people are like destiny Two, This is it. Yeah. This is going to be it. And I, I God, I hope it is like, maybe there are some people who were really burned out on destiny one. And there's like, F this. I'm out. I can't tolerate that. They're going to try and resell me a new game that fulfills the promises of destiny one. But for the most part, I'm hearing, Oh, this looks pretty good. Yeah. I can't wait to play this one. And you know, I don't fault people for feeling that way. You should play what you want. You, you know, you exist in a society, a capitalist society, where they're going to try and sell you new stuff. You, uh -huh. can, you can buy the new thing. It's fine with me. I think what you'll find is that there is a shrinking of the gaming middle class, where studios with a budget are able to develop a new uh, type of experience, unlike what you've seen before. What you'll see more is the big AAA studios are making these kind of 
safer, big budget operations. And then at the indie level, you're having these completely unique experiences that cannot be replicated elsewhere, but they're made with like two people in a garage. That's so crazy. It, it, it mimics the film industry so parallel, right? It's like so the same. Um, whereas we're now getting either big budget, like $200 million, you know, dollar movies that, that just cost so much to make, right? Or uh, we're getting, you know, like a, a million dollar film that was made, yeah, in like someone's hometown, you know? Um, and we're, that is disappearing, that like middle ground of movies and middle ground of video games kind of both are kind of disappearing. Because games just take more people to make now, you know? Yeah. Like there's, yeah, there are, there are people who make games by themselves now, but they're, if you can pair that to the way it was done in the 80s and 90s, a lot of those games were made by one person. Yeah. Or a very small staff because that was just the amount of people you needed. They're, these games were megabits. And now you've got games that are like 100 gigabytes. Right. And that takes hundreds of people. I mean, Ubisoft, when they make the Assassin's Creed games, they have like seven different studios around the world that are making them and like farming out assets and like sharing assets and stuff. It, they crank those out. They do. It, it was like noteworthy that they took a year off. Yeah, right. <laughs> that made news. Oh, they're not going to make an Assassin's Creed this year. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you we're going to talk about Pyre. I mean, the studio Supergiant mm-hmm. that makes Pyre, they're unique because they made Bastion, mm-hmm. they made Transistor, and now they're making Pyre. All unique franchises, all with like unique game mechanics, and they're trying to build something new every time out. Wow. And that's pretty unique. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I'm always fascinated by where this industry is headed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think those are some good insights, Bill. Oh, thank you. Uh, and with that, I guess I would have to consider this segment of Choose Your Fighter a draw. <laughs> Don't hurt me. <laughs> oh, I gotta rest. Okay. Okay. Yeah, check your pulse. Check your pulse. I'll uh, look at my Garmin here, see how the calories burned are going. Yeah. All right, I got 550 steps in. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I believe that brings this episode of So Many Bits to a close. Uh, Mr. Brandon. Mr. Bill. <laughs> if you want people to find you, either electronically or in person, where mm-hmm. can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at B-E-E-Shock. Um, you can also check out a podcast I did which is now completed. Uh, yes. Uh, but you can catch all episodes of How Rude, the Full House podcast, where me and my buddy John Pernasek, who's also been a guest on your show. That's right. Um, you can check us out uh, talking about each and every episode of Full House. We've had Bill on. Um, he was back for the finale. You can listen to that one. It was a lot of fun. Um, so we're doing that. And then we might have a movie-related podcast coming to you in a couple months oh called at the trailers so be on the lookout for that as well and i'll be posting all about that on my twitter now you or i guess i should say someone who looks a lot like you have appeared in some videos also recently oh right yes uh i've done a few things with uh, Clickhole and Onion Labs. Um, so you can find those on YouTube or Facebook if you look for Clickhole or the Clickhole or Onion Labs <laughs> website. Um, so click check those out. Uh, they're they're the Onion and and Clickhole. Those teams are so fun to work with. 
Uh, it was a great experience, and the videos, I think, turned out pretty good. So check them out. I think so, too. Oh, thank you, Bill. You're welcome. <laughs> and as for myself, uh, we can be reached here by email at somanybitspodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate, interview, or download from Spreaker, from SoundCloud for as long as that lasts, from YouTube. <laughs> uh, we play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits. Uh, I'm trying to get some pyre going on there. Otherwise, you'll find me playing like Magic the Gathering online, and maybe some other stuff. We'll see how it goes. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective. For other quality podcasts, support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you. Dell. Dell. We salute you. Haha. Yes. I'm dancing all night. Just dancing. I'd watch the Dell Close dancing all night. Oh my god. <laughs> I'd yes. play that. <laughs>